Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of their love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in His consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of St. Luke And he went down to Capernaum, a town of Galilee, and there he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue there was a man possessed by an unclean spirit, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Hast thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and go out of him. And when the devil had thrown him down into the midst, he went out of him without harming him at all. The amazement came upon all, and they discussed it with one another, saying, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And rumor concerning him went forth into every place of the region roundabout. Jesus teaches with divine power and strength. The evangelists repeatedly mention the surprised reactions that Jesus' teaching and his miracles provoke in the people and even in his own disciples, who are often seen to be afraid to ask him questions. Their reluctance is a sign of the reverential awe which seized and captivated them, an awareness of his majesty reflected in his words and in his deeds. St. Luke tells us in the Gospel of the Mass how, after Jesus had cured a possessed man, they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And St. Mark points out on another occasion how the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. The second person of the Blessed Trinity spoke through the medium of his holy humanity, and the people, aware of his extraordinary power, hastened to identify him with the most exalted and famous figures of their history. Was he John the Baptist, or Elijah, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets? They all fell very far short of the truth. The people who listened to Jesus perceived clearly the radical difference there was between the way the scribes and the Pharisees taught 
and the certainty and vitality with which Christ pronounced his doctrine. Jesus doesn't expound just a mere opinion, nor does he speak with any sign of uncertainty or of doubt. He does not speak like the prophets in God's name because he's not just another prophet. He speaks in his own name. I say to you. He teaches people the divine mysteries and the nature of human relationships and he backs up his teachings with his miracles. He explains his doctrine simply and vigorously because he speaks of what he has seen and he doesn't give long-winded explanations. He demonstrates nothing. He doesn't try to justify himself. He doesn't argue. He teaches. His authority imposes itself because the wisdom that emanates from him is irresistible. When you come to value this wisdom, when your heart is pure enough to appreciate it, you know that there cannot be any other. You don't feel any need to compare, to study. You see. You see that this is an absolute, that before him, Everything is but dust. You see that He is life. Just as when the sun rises, the stars disappear, the same happens with all the wisdom and all the opinions of men. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. Jesus continues to speak to each of us personally in the intimacy of our prayer when we read the gospel every day. We have to learn to listen to him also in the thousand and one events of the day, including those which men call failure or sorrow. When you open the Holy Gospel, think that what is written there, the words and deeds of Christ, is something that you should not only know, but live. Everything, every point that is told there has been gathered detail by detail for you to make it come alive in the individual circumstances of your life. God has called us Catholics to follow Him closely. In that holy writing, you will find the life of Jesus, but you should also find your own life there. Take up the gospel every day, then, and read it and live it as a definite rule. This is what the saints have done. The Daily Reading of the Gospel Jesus' teaching had such power and authority that some of those who listened to him exclaimed that never before had anything like it been heard in Israel. The Venerable Bede tells us that he describes all the thought, the people, what was written in Moses and the prophets, that Jesus preached to the people as God and Lord of Moses himself. Christ's words were full of life. They penetrated to the bottom of men's hearts. When John the Baptist pointed out Jesus as he passed by, two of his disciples followed him and spent the day in his company. St. John the Evangelist 
the one who gives us the great dialogues of Jesus, on this occasion is silent. He only tells us that they met with him about the tenth hour, about four in the afternoon. When many years later he spoke, he wrote his gospel, he wanted to leave us forever the precise, unforgettable moment of his encounter with the Master. What did our Lord say to them? We only know the result from the words of Andrew, the other disciple who followed him. We have found the Messiah, he said to his brother Simon. That afternoon, God entered into the deepest recesses of their hearts. When we in turn open our hearts, Jesus' words pierce and transform us too, as happened to the men who had been sent to arrest him and returned empty-handed. Why did you not bring him? said the Pharisees accusingly, to which they replied him simply, No man ever spoke like this man. In Jesus' words, we find an infinite wisdom. We can be understood by philosophers and by the uneducated, by adolescents and by children, by men and women, by everybody. He speaks about the most sublime thing in the simplest of language. His doctrine has a depth unlike any other, and yet is within reach of everybody. His preaching is full of familiar ideas and images which give his preaching an incomparable beauty and attractiveness. The smallest details serve to express the most sublime features of a new doctrine of mysterious and unfathomable depths. The Lord's whole life was an uninterrupted teaching process. His silence, His miracles, His gestures, His prayer, His love for people, His special affection for the lonely and the poor, His acceptance of the total sacrifice on the cross for the redemption of the world, and His resurrection are all the actualization of His word and the fulfillment of revelation. These considerations all strengthen our fervor with regards to Christ, the teacher who reveals God to man and man to himself, the teacher who saves, sanctifies, and guides, who lives, who speaks, rouses, moves, redresses, judges, forgives, and goes with us day by day on the path of history. The teacher who comes and will come in glory. In our daily gospel reading, we meet this same Christ who speaks to us, teaches us, and consoles us. In our reading, just a few minutes a day, we get to know him better and better, to imitate his life, to love him. If we ask the Holy Spirit, the principal author of sacred scripture, to come to our assistance, we will be helped to be one more protagonist in the scene we read, or perhaps to draw some small but definite conclusion for the day. Meeting Jesus in our daily gospel reading. Your prayer, says St. Augustine, is like a conversation with God. When you read, God speaks to you. When you pray, 
we speak to Him. God speaks to us in many ways when we read the Gospel. He offers us the example of His life so that we can imitate Him in ours. He shows us how to behave towards our brothers and sisters. He reminds us that we are children of God and that nothing ought to take our peace away. He invites us to forgive the little offenses we suffer. He gets us to prepare well for frequent confession, where our Heavenly Father awaits to give us an embrace. He asks us to be merciful today with our neighbor's defects, just as He Himself was to a supreme degree. He leads us to sanctifying our work, doing it perfectly, because it is what He Himself spent so many years doing in Nazareth. Each day we can get some idea, some thought or resolution to remember while we work. And so it is a very good idea to do those few minutes reading early in the day so as to put into practice the little resolutions which can help us so much to improve. Some people actually read the gospel standing up as a reminder of the early Christian custom which has been preserved in the Mass whereby we stand for the gospel in an attitude of prayerful vigilance. It does our soul a lot of good to use the gospel frequently as the source of topics for our prayer. On occasions, perhaps we can try to enter the scene as someone joining a little group gathered around Jesus or stopping at the doorway to hear the master teaching or standing at the shore of the lake. Perhaps you manage to hear only a part of the parable or a few snatches of conversation, but it is enough for something to start stirring in the depths of our soul. On other occasions, maybe we will be bold enough to say something to him, just like those others who said or shouted to him in their great need. Lord, let me see. Give light to my soul. Set me on fire. Or, echoing the words of the publican who didn't consider himself worthy to stand before his God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Or perhaps those words of Peter, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you, will take on a new meaning for us, and we will confide to Jesus the sentiments of our love, and purification that fill our hearts. Often, perhaps, we will contemplate His holy humanity, or on seeing Him perfect man, we will be moved to love Him more, to want to be more faithful to Him. We will contemplate Him at work, in Nazareth, helping St. Joseph, and later on, looking after His mother, or tired out, maybe, from many hours of preaching, or from the strain of a long journey. Every day, as we read the Gospel, Jesus passes beside us. Let us never fail to see and hear Him, like those disciples who meet Him on the road to Emmaus. Stay with us. It is towards evening. The prayer of Cleophas and his companion was effective. How sad it would be if you and I we're not able to detain Jesus who is passing by. What a shame not to ask him to stay.
give you thanks, Almighty God, for all thy benefits. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.